Hey everybody, welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm Bo Nellis, and let's get started. Let's spliff it. I would like to begin with my usual beginning, which are stoner moments. They are moments that I review things that I wish I had said, or I'd like to clarify, or that I completely missaid from the last episode. And I actually feel pretty good about the last episode, but I did want to mention that while I focused on medicinal and spiritual use of cannabis, hemp itself is actually around the entire world being used as a fibrous resource. So while the flower part of cannabis might not be readily available in world history, the stock and leaf material certainly was. Now, I didn't tell you what I was going to be talking about this time. I, I mentioned that there would be a next time on a history episode, but I don't have more history episodes for you right now. They're really detailed outlines, and I just don't have all the information that I want to do another history episode. I was going to talk about trichomes and cannabinoids, which I do have an outline for, and I'm looking forward to busting out in the new year. But for now, uh, I kind of wanted to talk about something a little bit more personal to me uh, for a couple of reasons. One, when I talk to friends who uh, want to know more about cannabis and I ask them specifically what they would like to know more about, it's always like, well, could you talk more about cannabis and fill in whatever ailment is personal to me? And I wish I could, but unfortunately, uh, while I love weed, I'm not a doctor, and I just don't know enough about each individual disease or issue that people have in order to give a specific strain, and and I don't know enough necessarily about the people who I'm talking to uh, about their the nuances of their particular diagnosis that that they would need to be aware of. So the best I can say is I will tell you how cannabis kind of works for most people. And then it's really up to you to figure out what are the best routines and targets for you specifically, no matter what your ailment is. Uh, I can give you cannabis and then we can apply it. But it kind of leads back to that idea that, you know, cannabis is going to solve it. And it's just not the case. Even with my depression, cannabis is one step in that journey. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about today. I'm going to talk about cannabis and depression. And I'm going to specifically talk about my depression and the things that I know about cannabis that I use to target it. And hopefully that might help you if you have depression or anxiety disorders, PTSD, or just uh, want to understand a little bit more how to take the information and apply it to oneself. Before I begin, though, I'm going to do a really quick safety at the top instead of at the end. It's not going to be dime bags, unfortunately, but... I will talk about dime bags next time when we talk about trichomes and cannabinoids. And while I do that, I'm going to see if I can keep this joint lit that I tried to roll and smoke. It wants to keep going out on me. Mm. Of course, I've rolled the joint with my trusty tune or Actitube filter, but I kind of went back to the bigger ones. I haven't enjoyed the smaller ones that I got last time nearly as much as I did the larger ones. So, uh, 
they might still be good for you, but they're not a 10 out of 10 like the big ones are for me. They're more like a 6 out of 10. I had problems with them uh, slipping out of the paper uh, as well as the bigger filters in order to preserve the integrity of the filter as I smoked it down. And uh, the other problem that a friend of mine had, because uh, I haven't been smoking just as much flour because I've been dabbing so much, so I honestly haven't been rolling as many joints as I had said that I normally do when I first gave a review about the the filters. And I have to say, I've noticed a huge improvement in my coughing too. I don't cough nearly as badly as I used to just randomly. I, I couldn't even lie in Shavasana during yoga without coughing. And since I've moved to dabbing, even during allergy season, uh, it's much easier to to just breathe freely and control my lungs. I'm really glad that I made the switch. But for these filters, a friend of mine was using them regularly. She smokes quite a few joints. And she said that she wasn't getting as many uses, which makes sense. It's a smaller circumference. It's not going to hold as much uh, carbon material. So the tar is going to seep through. Now, when that would happen to me in the larger ones, which they would after... I don't know, like six to eight uses, I would just kind of blow the tar out and then wipe it with a paper towel. Uh, and that worked really well. Actually, I had no problem doing that. And uh, I got at least three more uses out of it. Uh, I think I rolled this joint too tight. Gotta loosen it up here. So another thing about the filters that's nice, since you can move them down, if you rolled your joint too tightly, you can actually slip it back down and then that gives you more space to loosen up your flower. Whereas if you maybe rolled it too loosely, you can actually use the filter to push the flower in closer together. I don't think I mentioned that in my first review, but it is an aspect of using these particular filters over crutch that I really, really like on top of all the things that I mentioned beforehand. So a weird thing happened to me last week. I've been pretty, pretty frank in sharing with you guys the fact that I've been going through a little bit of a depression, which is kind of normal for me in December with my family, change in the amount of light and weather, things like that. They all add up. Uh, and it had been weighing pretty heavily on me, more so than I would say it normally has been. I've been doing pretty well in battling my depression, but... Uh, a few weeks ago, I really just, I, I got to the point where it wasn't just being plagued by negative thoughts anymore. Uh, it was the fact that I was losing enjoyment in things that I actually normally really enjoy doing. And I, I kind of mentioned reveling in displeasure. And uh, and that's a really bad sign for me. That uh, that means that I'm really kind of starting to spiral and and it can be really hard to to stay out of that. Now, there are two different ways that I really attack that part of my depression. I smoke a lot of sativa or sativa dominant strains or vaporize them, and I eat sativa or sativa dominant edibles during the day. Not every day, but when I get into those stages, it really does need to be every day. Now, on top of using cannabis to combat my depression, I also try and make sure that I have physical activity regularly in my schedule, which is not something that I used to do or is something that I have done consistently throughout my life. 
as depression develops within me, and, and it did start doing this about 10 days ago, I would say my physicality was affected as well. I no longer wanted to move. I really just wanted to be in bed a lot more often than I normally want to be in bed. There was a great lack of motion for me to get the things done that I needed to get done, whether it was taking care of my my home or myself. Uh, and, and all these things just really, they were things that I thought that I had kind of worked through. And while I know that depression is something I will always be dealing with, it can be really frustrating to be forced into those situations and and to maintain the energy that you don't have to actively combat that feeling. But I, I've still been trying. I started taking vitamin D again, not on a regular basis, but just as a supplement. Um, because I figured, why not? I do spend a lot of time in my hobbit hole and probably don't get as much sunshine as I should. And if my body maybe has problems simply developing vitamin D out of the sunshine that I do get, maybe that could be contributing to my depression as well. Uh, I The problem is I don't really know what causes my depression outside of environmental factors as I was growing up. I do believe that depression uh, probably runs in my family. I know alcoholism does. So it kind of makes sense that the two would go hand in hand. But no doctor has ever actually really tried to get to the root of it. When I was 18, uh, I was really tired of feeling suicidal and hopeless. I was in foster care at the time. And I knew that I was going to be getting kicked out of foster care pretty soon. So I really needed to to make a change. And I went to my doctor and I asked, I told him I was feeling depressed and I asked him for something and he wrote me a prescription for Prozac, which I used for about three months. Uh, anytime I have received any sort of pharmaceutical for my depression from a doctor, which has been four, four or five times, I want to say, uh, it, they've readily given it to me with very few questions if any questions, honestly, usually they just ask if I've been on it before. And since I got that first prescription from my family doctor without any questions at 18, I would say yes. And they would just write me another prescription, no guidelines for how long to take it for. So the last time I was taking Prozac, I, I was taking it for a year and a half and it shut everything down except for the suicidal thoughts. It made it impossible for me to feel happiness. And uh, it was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. And it's a position I never want to be in again, ever. So knowing in this last experience that it can, it didn't just hit me, it fell upon me a little bit more gradually. But even while I was actively combating it, it was winning. Um, and then last week, uh, I want to say shortly after I, I, I want to say Friday, shortly after I came back from yoga, I was sitting on my couch, uh, I think taking a dab and it lifted. Like it literally lifted my body just suddenly I, I could, I wanted to sit up straighter. I 
wanted to smile. Smiling came easily to me. It was like my body filled with light. (laughs) It was the stupidest feeling in the whole world. And it was so warm and welcomed. Um, I've never experienced my depression lift like that before. I I think the last time that uh, I had done the Prozac, I've never fully recovered. And it had been really hard for me to to continue to feel emotions on a regular basis. And I absolutely attribute the healing that happened since then to cannabis. Um, And that's in part through the use of CBD as a neuroprotectant, uh, because if there was neurological damage done by pharmaceuticals, as well as my own personal depression, then I need to repair and rebuild those neurological pathways. And CBD is what helps me do that. Now, if I am depressed, that means that my, my signals aren't firing as well or as hot as they could be or as they should be. So using a stimulant in those moments is the way that I combat the depression with cannabis. I use a stimulating or sativa, as most places would call it, type of cannabis. Um, now, I mentioned before that that doesn't mean that there's either sativa or indica. I have other podcasts if you want to listen to some of the things that go into the differences. And I do use both sativas and indicas for my depression, which we'll get to. But since starting to use CBD, knowingly using CBD, because I absolutely believe that I've had CBD products in the past that I had purchased uh, on the black market, I absolutely believe that I needed to make those types of repairs in my body before my body also responded as well as it could to the sativa uh, or stimulation that my depression needed in order to lift me back up out of it. But my depression, it mostly resides in my head. It is mostly a neurological pathway that has, has been very much imprinted into my, my brain. And I have to actively change those pathways. But my body, in my regular day-to-day battle, does not need any more sativa or stimulation within it. My body, you know, I might be lazy, but that's a willful thing. That's not my body being incapable or not necessarily having the energy. Sometimes uh, I might lean anemic and that can affect it. So, you know, it's about knowing what my body is being tired for. But depression doesn't normally affect my body as it did with this last episode. So, I really had to change up my sativa game in order to match my depression. Whereas on my day-to-day front, I like heady, racy sativas. Uh, And as edibles, I also prefer a heady, racy sativa strain. In this last episode, I really had to bring on those strains that I don't really like so much, the, the sour diesels that make me jittery, the, the chem dogs that make me jittery, the things that affect my body in a stimulating way, because I needed that extra stimulation to combat it. So in your particular depression, 
you really need to to see what are your conditions. Do you have depression with anxiety? Do you have depression with body pain? Do you have depression with excessive sleeping or perhaps insomnia? Uh, Do you have depression with suicidal thoughts or a loss of physical activity? These are all the questions that you want to be asking yourself again when you're headed to the dispensary or you're looking over a menu or talking to your bud tender because this is the way that you're going to match a strain. If you want to feed your head, feed your head. If you need to feed your body, feed your body. And most cannabis, I will say, is going to feed your head and kind of soothe the body. Not a large portion of the strains available really kind of jack up the body. So if that is something that you need, if excessive sleeping uh, or or perhaps um, body body fatigue is something that you deal with on a regular with your depression, really targeting that with kind of a, a jittery strain in the body will certainly help. And that means with smoking or edibles, if you just prefer edibles, or if you want to really flood your system with cannabinoids and target everything as best as you can. Now, in my depression, since it's mostly a, a head issue for me, uh, not to say that it's all in my head, but since it's mostly in my head, uh, I also deal with a lot of anxiety in my depression. And as such, I find that insomnia is also a characteristic that I, I come across. And so because of the anxiety that might not be completely calmed by CBD or um, because of the insomnia, I often turn to indicas or indica dominant strains. But I only use them in particular times and I prefer to always use an indica with a CBD, because what I don't want to do is depress my body even further. I want to turn my mind off and I kind of want to shut those signals down. Uh, And so I need some depression in the head, but I don't want a lot of depression in the body. So seeking indicas that actually target the head, but don't set the body down completely, they don't leave you in the couch, um, are going to really be my main focus. And when I pair them with CBD, I make sure that my my nervous system is protected against further depression. Now, if you don't use that CBD or if you overuse indicas, whether you are prone to depression or not, you may find yourself leaning towards depression. I think I've shared the story before of a woman who was using indica strains to help her sleep. And after a few weeks, she found that when she woke up, she was she was feeling kind of depressed. She just she wasn't feeling as motivated. She was just feeling a little bit more sad. You know, again, it's it's hard to even want to smile sometimes when you're in these these moods. And um, yeah, it's kind of like feeling like the whole time like somebody's fucking died. Like you don't want to feel your whole life like somebody's fucking died. Um, and and she thought she was going a little crazy. And I told her, you know, she's totally not going crazy, that she is in fact depressing her nervous system through the use of indica, and that the repeated use of that is causing a regular routine depression of her nervous system. And so 
repairing it with the CBD is going to repair some of the damage that she had because she didn't suffer from depression to begin with. She didn't need that extra sativa in order to uh, to re-stimulate her nervous system. She just kind of had to like bump it back up into place. Uh, some people might find that they do need the extra boost, maybe simply because they they like to smoke weed all the time. And so their bodies uh, just are a little bit more dependent on those responses, not in a dependent, like addicted kind of way. But your bot chances are if you smoke weed regularly, your body has some um, chemical imbalances that you deal with on a daily basis, uh, perhaps a, an hour to hour or minute to minute basis. And that's why you medicate all the time. Um, but the beautiful thing about cannabis is that you can target your symptoms on a day-to-day, hour-to-hour, minute-to-minute basis if you need to. That's something you can't do with pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals are there to, to regulate your hormones into one state and one state only. And we don't live in one fucking emotional state, so it's really fucking stupid to try and, and regulate a mental state that way, in my personal opinion. If you have not actually made sure that it isn't a chemical imbalance causing the depression and specifically what kind of chemical imbalance it is. Unfortunately, the way they figure that out is just by giving you different medications and seeing how you respond to it. I'm not your guinea pig. I am, however, my own guinea pig, and that's why controlling my own medicine is so very important to me and having access to a wide variety of medicines, despite my one condition, is also very important to me. You know, and it brings up a really good point that depression, the causes of depression, are different for everybody too. Your depression might be a chemical imbalance. It might be an environmental issue. If you're in a shitty situation, the best drugs in the world aren't going to make it any less shitty. And I have to say that this past year, uh, past two years, actually, for me, a lot of the things that I've been doing have been targeted at transforming my environment. So it's not that I attribute my success purely to cannabis. I've been doing a lot of other hard work uh, along with it. I just don't think that I would be as successful as I am right now without it. In fact, uh, it, there's a chance that I could have a cannabinoid deficiency and that could contribute significantly to my depression. Cannabinoids are uh, the part of the plant like THC that uh, act in psychoactive and non-psychoactive ways. Um, we actually produce our own cannabinoids. They're called endocannabinoids. And it's been shown that some people just have higher numbers of endocannabinoids. And they do seem to be healthier, happier people on the whole. So it may be that a lot of disease or illness could stem from a cannabinoid deficiency. So using cannabis may be the only way for some people to get better. And it's not that you may know that you have a cannabinoid deficiency, but you may, uh, you may feel like that could be a thing, whether you use cannabis now or not. Having a cannabis deficiency 
is one of the reasons why you might use uh, a concentrate like Phoenix Tears in order to battle depression. But on the whole, concentrates of that magnitude aren't going to do more than just get you really high for your depression. I really think that targeted small dosage and small dosage obviously being relative to you, uh, but small dosage as needed, uh, but a still relatively consistent basis, uh, varied and targeted for your needs. So like I would say the regular use of CBD and using a sativa or indica as needed in your day or nighttime activities is a way to really target your issues specifically. And so it, it's about knowing how to, to smoke or vaporize when you need to, uh, or using edibles on a regular consistent basis or as needed. And then one of the ways that I also like to make sure that my body uh, is treated is by using baths, cannabinoid infused baths. Now, I think they have uh, soaps and uh, and uh, shampoos, conditioners, which are great for stress and migraines. Uh, it could be a way to target those areas under your hair that you might not be able to use a lot of other salves and the the topical concentrate that I like to do. I mean, I would just end up pulling out all of my hairs if I ended up putting it in my wax. In fact, sometimes that happens when it gets in the nape of my neck. So using a bath is a great way to attack your entire body topically at once. And what I actually do is I save the leaf material from the coconut oil that I make. I like to strain the leaf out and then I set it aside and I use that in a cheesecloth wrap and just throw it into my bath. And it's really invigorating and relaxing at the same time. Uh, it, it's a really great method for making sure that I, one, use the entire plant that I've spent a lot of money on and get to treat myself in a way that isn't uh, the status quo, that isn't what a lot of politicians are thinking about when they're thinking medical cannabis patient. Now, of course, this has just been the way that I use cannabis to treat my depression. There are so many other ways that I use cannabis in my life to treat myriad ailments uh, that I am plagued with, apparently, <laughs> uh, and, and that just kind of pop up. And then I share them to my friends, and I have absolutely no problem if cannabis helps me and I get to share that knowledge. And, you know, I'm just one of... So many. I mean, I don't think anybody's counted us yet, but I would I would venture to say at least hundreds of thousands of us who really enjoy experimenting with cannabis and being educated about it. And I hope now you are one of us. We're just going to grow those numbers. So researching something that you feel might be an option for you, research what people are talking about using and what their particular ailments are for that uh, area. The problem with knowing exactly which strain in which area is you don't know the potency of the strain a lot of times. You won't know the growing conditions of the strain. You won't know the terpene content of the strain. 
And and the terpene profile is, and potency is kind of everything. And that's what we're going to talk about next time, is how to identify good medicine using the trichomes and uh, what exactly cannabinoids are doing uh, within there. But that's next time. Um, but, you know, if you want to know more, you kind of have to ask. And I'm here if you would like to talk about depression or anxiety or so many other things. There are a lot of great forums out there. There are some not-so-great forums out there. Uh, the bigger this gets, there are doctors and professionals and publications and research that is that is coming out there. Uh, Israel, of course, is making huge segues. ASA just opening up their research facility in Czechoslovakia. I'm still so excited about that. But you, you really need to talk to people. If you don't, I, I would suggest doing it in a personal manner. If you only have forums, and, and I understand a lot, a lot of people only have online in order to, to access some people and, and do what you got to do. Uh, but be discerning about the information that you get and be thorough about the information that you get. This is about your health and no doctor can really truly understand you the way that you do uh, and, and the way that you do when you become educated about yourself and what's available to you. It's a, it's a mixed up wild, crazy world out there. Cannabis makes it a lot more fun. <laughs> I think it also really provides a fantastic platform to really push healthcare into another level, especially mental health care. I mean, the fact that I'm even sitting here fucking talking about this shit to you guys, I, it kind of blows my mind. I mean, um, I don't really talk about this with my friends on a regular basis. That's not to say that I don't have friends that I could bring it up with or that I uh, don't have friends with whom I have discussed some of these issues. But it's really hard to do when you're stuck in it, and it's not an easy topic, but... It's so beneficial to discuss what's going on with other people and, and to just know that other people are going through these things. I listened to a podcast called Wrestling with Depression, and it's so good. I love it. I just people who you really get a sense of the wide arrays of depression that people have and, and the environmental factors that can really go into it and push people and and of course, people's personal stories of triumph or failure, and each one as valuable as the other. Uh, and and I have to say too, it's really funny because he he talks about drinking a lot. Marty Marosa, uh, I think it's Marty McRosa. I think that's his name. Shit, I should have looked it up. But uh, maybe it's just Marty Rosa. But uh, he talks about he's out in Chicago. And so, of course, you know, they're doing a lot of drinking. It's Midwest and it's winter. So and drinking being something, again, throughout the past year that I've really tried to cut back on and uh, and successfully so. And I know that when I was dealing with some of my depression in these last couple of weeks, drinking was something that I was doing a little bit of certainly more than I normally would. I even like I went and bought a 12 pack and I've got probably like six left, but six beers in a week for me is still kind of a lot at this point. <laughs> Even though it's New Year's and I'm going to be drinking a shit ton of beers and champagne right now. I know that I usually 
actively fight them. You know, if I know I'm going to be doing a lot of drinking, I'll make sure that I have my sativa edibles and that I stay hydrated. I go by the Pedialyte now because it makes a really big difference, actually, uh, just maintaining your health. Not that I'm the healthiest person in the world. I still eat like crap and and I'm not exercising nearly as much as I need to and should be, but step by step, right? That was a show in the 90s. Okay, I think I've rambled on long enough. And thank you so much for letting me have this opportunity to share something so personal with you and something that I am so passionate about. It's been like three months now that I've been doing this podcast and I'm hearing from friends and I'm hearing from strangers and I'm hearing from friends of friends. And I appreciate every single opportunity. Um... You know, when people get to tell me either critiques about the podcast or compliments about the podcast, nobody has been like, it's a shitty podcast. Uh, but, you know, maybe somebody's like, man, it's a shitty podcast. You don't have to tell me. I don't need to hear that. Um, But <laughs> I certainly feel like I could handle it. Uh, and, and the more compliments I get, the more I can handle it. Just saying, I'm just saying, no, I'm just saying I'm totally pandering right now. If you wanted to leave me a review in iTunes, you could totally do that. You can leave me a comment on SoundCloud or Twitter, Facebook. I'm on all those places. I'm still on Instagram at the moment. And, uh, and I, I just uh, eat it all up. I eat it all up. All right. Thank you, friends, family, and strangers for this amazing year, at least last quarter of a year, and Kevin McLeod, of course, for a smoke and jam slow burn, and I can't wait to start the new one with you. We'll be talking about trichomes and cannabinoids and motherfucking dime bags. It's gonna happen. Thanks for spliffing it with me. Ciao for now.